Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and this is the mailbag episode where we take your questions um, as we transition from Falcon and the Winter Soldier to other things. Uh, we got Loki in about five weeks, so we'll do this mailbag and do some other stuff uh, for the time being, but let's get to it. It's the OG3 pod, so uh, introducing our panel, DJ Christie, our producer. Jake, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, happy to be doing another mailbag. Excited to see things on the horizon. Uh, you know, I don't feel. I didn't know why I felt like I had to say three things. I could have just said I'm doing well. <laughs> no problem, man. And of course, um, Jerome Chang, Black Dragon Roll, is in the, his house. Jerome, how are you? Hey, hello, hello. Uh, no, I'm doing good. I'm. Uh, and then Jake, if you can insert here uh, from Living on the Prayer, halfway there, uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it was a last minute joining on just because I told you guys that I managed to get my first uh, shot. We are surprisingly very behind in Canada comparatively. Um, so it's 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 a good moment. Happy to do this and do this. You uh, this is an important moment for the podcast because mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, AC and I are on two different teams vaccine wise. What did you get? Oh, I got the Moderna. Damn it! Oh yeah, my man, my man. I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy having to wait an extra week between doses and having a higher instance of side effects. Sorry, my bad. Damn, oh, whatever. Yeah, oh well, listen. Yeah, them them side effects is no joke. I, I was obviously get whatever you can get. I I, I hate. Of I kind of hate the joking about it because I don't want people to get whatever you can. But when I saw like hmm. that, like Moderna has like a thirty five percent higher risk of side effects. It's like you're damn right. As if I didn't go to a clinic and they just told me what I was gonna get. I had no choice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. no. I I was yeah where I went. I had no idea what I was getting until I got there. Uh, yeah, same. Happy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome stuff, guys. Um, all right. So before we get to the questions, uh, Marvel did release a little bit of a teaser. And I got to love that. And the same thing, a Fast 9 did the same thing where it's just like, guys, come back to the movie. Spend your money, guys. Spend I'm glad money. you brought up Fast 9 because <laughs> I'm going to just quickly start off by saying Marvel did it. Like, there is such a difference. And it's funny because, you know, you have the diesel across both since yeah. it's Groot anyway. But how, I don't even want to say on the nose, but how direct Vin Diesel was in like a full commercial <laughs> to come back to the theater and like pay to be in a theater. Mine. Just like under the very thin layer of like, family. oh man. You know, it was just, it was so perfect. And, you know, they did basically the same thing with the Stan Lee uh, voiceover and like the audio clip that they had there. But there was just at least some effort to make it seem a little bit more about anything yes. that wasn't like the very obvious like money play. And, and I think that and you know, why I, I, I've made my position clear in this the whole time. So I, I for sure I don't mind that they're doing it because I think once again, not at all. Like, I Not think that mm -hmm. I think that it's proven that like. As I've said many times, if you like big budget MCU movies and you want them to keep being made, you need to want them in the theaters because you can't make there's never you're never gonna be able to make enough money streaming in order to warrant like a five hundred million dollar budget. So it's never gonna happen. Anyway, this way, no one is going to like shoot their shot worse than what Christopher Nolan did with Tenet. Yes. Well, so what, what I was gonna say is that I would hmm. the thing I don't like though is when it's like the studio being the one to take you go back to theaters because the studio will be fine. Like I would, I think this is also this is a little expletive, but like. If like AMC employees were to be like, hey guys, like, or like not AMC, like small theater employees would be like, hey, like we don't want to lose our jobs, you know, please come back to theaters. That would feel less 
because Vin Diesel talking about it is him whether or not he's going to make like $20 million off the movie or $30 million off the movie. It's not a question of his actual career. So it's kind of just like, come on, like, I don't actually care. Right. And I mean, just for me personally, I'm very curious to see what happens with Black Widow, because that's going to be a concurrent with Disney Plus and the movie theaters. So that'll be interesting how that one I think, goes. I think Godzilla versus Kong showed that I think it's going to do really well in movie theaters. Because mm-hmm. Godzilla versus Kong has made like $200 million, even though it's streaming on HBO Max for free. For HBO yeah, Max. that's pretty good. So like, I think the real turnaround is when you went, Jake. Like, yeah, I, think I went everything I went flipped to the time. other side. And then just like everyone's exactly. like, oh, Jake. and Yeah. Well, no, because I've seen two movies in theaters thus far because I'm fully vaccinated um, <laughs> and both great experiences. Godzilla vs. Kong more so because mm-hmm. I was with good friend Michael Springthorpe and we I was about to say, shout out Michael Springthorpe. We were drinking shout Mike. quite a bit. Um, you don't, you forget how much alcohol you can mix into a large movie theater cup when you're going back to like 21-year-old self. Anyway, um, that <laughs> I, I think that based on the numbers of Godzilla vs. Kong and especially how it's doing internationally and also like the, the fact is, like, how much is Black Widow going to be on Disney Plus again? Isn't what is it going to be? What's the price? Oh, uh, twenty nine ninety nine, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that there are going to be a lot of people who are going to go to the theater because ultimately, in most places in the country, twenty nine ninety nine is what it costs for two movie theater tickets. So if it's you and like your girlfriend, you want to see it, and it's you just got you got your shots like two weeks ago. It's like, hey, let's have a date night rather than just sit in and watch this movie on a small screen. So I think it's actually now, pretty well. Now, uh, yeah, you're probably right. Now, I'll say myself, Black Widow, I'm probably not going to go to the theater for because only because I feel like I've seen like 55 trailers for it. And I'm just <laughs> like, it doesn't have the same. It's not going to have the same hit like a uh, Shang-Chi is going to have in September right around my birthday. I'm definitely going to go to see that in the theater. Like, no doubt about that. And same with I, Spider-Man and everything else that comes after it. I, I definitely will add um, to Howard's point last week on the pod and how we're just kind of like, like we're in this world and no matter whether we like or don't like it, like we're mm-hmm. just like locked in that trail or that whole compilation that they put together. Like I was like, I had chills. I was excited. I was borderline emotional and I was pissed off at Marvel. Like, fuck you. Like you, <laughs> you like, <laughs> it's so easy for them. Like, but they're also so good at it. Like, and I think that's yeah. also why I really like that you pull the Fast and Furious um, example, because doing the same thing, I just think Marvel did this one a lot better mm-hmm. in terms of like more creating familial. sentiment. Yeah. Um, ironically, Which is ironic, because yeah. one movie is really All about, about family. <laughs> Jake, air five to that one. Oh. Yeah, I, I, we, we were both the same place. It's familiar. It's like, <laughs> yeah, well, what did you say familiar? We were it, wasn't, it wasn't Groot who said, I don't got friends, I got family. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, um, man. But no, just one after, like, it was just as somewhat like an editor producer, just chef's kiss, how they put it together. Like start mm-hmm. with the Stanley bit lead in. It's almost like the black widow stuff to your point was just so like, we've seen all of it already now just presented mm-hmm. a different way. It, it kind of just trapped you. Cause like you didn't necessarily know that suddenly you were going to be like eternals and you're going to be mm-hmm. like Shanti and you're going to be, um, Marvels. I mean, you're gonna go through all these and the titles, yeah. um, and 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 then like a little sneaky little bit at the end that was very obvious and what they were teasing there too. But 
please, AC, take it away. Oh yeah, for, yeah, for sure. And and I'll make this pretty quick because I, I just feel like there's there's a couple of things in that in that little teaser that that were interesting. Obviously, we got our first like, and it was very brief, but our first look at the Eternals, which I'm just very excited for in general because I have no idea about the characters. Like in general, this is a comic book that I have not like gone into in depth as of yet. So I'll say this: I'm this this last week. When there's that story that came out about Kevin Feige's reaction to Chloe Zhao shooting on location, I'm saying my prediction that the Eternals will be the best reviewed Marvel movie of all time. I mean, it's hard for a prediction to age well before it even happens, but I was reading that and it's like, I'm thinking, and like some of those stills, like, because even though I love the Marvel movies and I think a lot of them look beautiful, you see those stills and it's like, oh yeah, shooting on a green screen in Atlanta can only do so much. Like it just, right. you look at like the still that they showed with like the sunset in the background. It's like, that just looks infinitely more real than the last fight in Endgame. And I love the last fight in Endgame, but it just, that doesn't look like it's anywhere, you know? And so I'm yeah. really excited to see. And I, I think that it actually might even be divisive because I think it might be quieter and like, I don't know. I, I'm really excited because I think it, I think because so many Marvel movies have done things slightly different than the Marvel movies before them. And I think, that this might be the first one that like is the like artsy Marvel movie. And that I, is exciting. I, I think the only thing I'll say to you, and like you already raised it, Jake, in terms of like its potential to be divisive, is because it ha- like I just think in terms of like critical acclaim, it has the highest I think what you're saying is like it has the highest ceiling, which in turn, because of it being a Marvel space, could also have its most detractors. Because oh, sure. it goes in that direction. But for I sure. think, yeah, I agree with you in terms of like actual potential between obviously Chloe Zhao, but then now you have this like cast involved too. Uh, exactly. It could be like, yeah. and it, it seems like really a, it's a, and because AC doesn't like know the characters and stuff like that, it's kind of a blank space. And I think that I'm just totally. really excited to see. And I think that the fact that it's kind there's sometimes where like a production being in secrecy means it's a bad thing, but I think that. Based on an AC, you could back this up. Jim plugged into me. I feel like the reason some of the secrecy is from like they know they got one. You know what I mean? Like they right, know that yeah. they got they got something. Yeah, everything that you hear about this film is that this is going to be a landmark film, and they've been just holding on. I mean, this thing's been done for a while. So, and the fact that nothing has got out, and just as comparison, Spider-Man: No Way Home. I cannot tell you how much stuff has come out about that movie already. That is just, it, it's just insane. Like that they've had that many leaks and that so much stuff already, but Eternals, I haven't heard a peep, not a peep. So they, you know, just a, the comparison there. But, I, th- I think um, the other thing too, though, is just because, because it's not a recognizable property, not recognizable characters, yeah, not recognizable like director up until maybe about now. Um, it, it kind of allowed itself to fly under the right air. Cause even if mm-hmm. you have like that cast and everything, um, because again, it's Marvel space, like no one's really clamoring. Cause even if you have leaks, like when we have a Spider-Man leak or we have any of the other leaks, we also have a point of reference mm-hmm. to know like how to be excited about it. Like if they sure. leak something about like, here's so-and-so from the Eternals, we'd all just be like, so that's what Kamel Nanjiani looks like in the movie. And it's also, like, you say you have that cast. And I think that that's true because it's a cool cast. But really, 
Angelina Jolie is the only A-lister, and I would say that no one else is higher than a C-lister. Like, Kumail is, like, popular mm. among young people, but, like... I mean, there's Selma Hayek in there. Oh, Selma, I forgot she's in it, too. Sorry. So, yeah. Selma Hayek and... But I feel I'm really like the, excited about Selma. I'm, yeah. I feel like it seems like the position, like, Richard Madden, Gemma Chan, and Kumail is, like, the big people in it. And the fact is, like, they're not... You know, the, uh, I think they have a big Twitter Q rating, but not like my mom doesn't know who any of those people are. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so the, yeah, the internals will definitely be interesting. Uh, we'll get that November 5th of this year. And um, a couple of other titles. So we learned that the Captain Marvel 2 title has a change to it. It is called the Marvels. And within that, you have the insignias of not only Captain Marvel, but uh, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, and uh, Monica Rambeau, which uh, this uh, insignia looks like the, her character Spectrum. So that will be interesting. It, it seems like all three of these um, three of these actors are getting top billing in this one. And um, I should also note the connection uh, between this movie and Secret Invasion. Uh, Secret Invasion is, I think, is starting to film, and this movie should be filming in the same place nearly at the same time. So there, are, there's probably a little bit of cross promotion, cross pollination going on there. So that that should be interesting. Um, you know, as usual, the internet conversation around this um, can go two different ways. You get the well, they're not giving Brie, you know, proper footing and giving her, her own. Uh, our own platform as far as this movie is concerned. And then you have the other side uh, in terms of obviously Kamala Khan and uh, Monica Rambeau being a part of this uh, two people of color. And that's an old, another conversation in its own. But for me personally, I'm with it. Let's yeah. do it. I, I also think it. it's also, like, it's, yeah, go. Um, sorry. Uh, it, like it came up when we were doing WandaVision, but mm -hmm. um it's also like the discovery of like, while obviously we want to give Brie Larson her due and like have her have a spot, like, like the character of Carol Danvers is in the original Captain Marvel mm -hmm. and the original mm -hmm. Captain Marvel is going to be in it, but going to be Spectrum. So, you know, to kind of at least like almost correct, like course correct in a way. Yeah. And also the thing that I hated about it is because I'm a noted Brie Larson defender, um, and I, I think that, you know, I'm a big fan. But I think that there's a way in which, like, Brie Larson didn't complain. And you have no idea how she feels about it. You have, like, also, right. I maybe I'm wrong, but, like, I think that she, if she didn't want the movie to be called The Marvels, I don't think it would be called The Marvels. Like, I really don't. I, I don't know how much, if she has that much juice, but, like, I don't know if it might be Captain Marvel 2, The Marvels. I really don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong yeah. about that. But as far as I like, as far as we can surmise, like not knowing this person at all, nothing in my mind from anything I've seen about Brie Larson would say that she would not want to be inclusive it, of everyone. Exactly. And Pretty so the, the what that leads me to believe is just like, it is just a reaction of like feeling, I mean, it's the classic thing of like, when you're privileged, you think equality is being like, uh, it's taken down it's like all she's doing is just being put on the same level of two people of color and now all of a sudden she's losing something like no she's mm -hmm. still the titular character she just happens to be sharing it with other people like right. were people like oh my god how could you do this to paul rudd when they made it ant-man and the wasp like go fuck yourself like that's stupid hey hey that's my rant coming later no, <laughs> <I'm playing>. <laughs> <laughs> so that movie will be coming out november 11th 2022 
Also, uh, we got a title on Black Panther 2, titled Wakanda Forever. It comes out July 8, 2022. Basically, what I've heard about this film is obviously it's not only very emotional, but just a very complicated um, undertaking for Ryan Coogler and everybody involved. I know Lupita Nyong'o uh, spoke as such that, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be quite the task to try and get through this without Chadwick Boseman but um I'm I'm intrigued nonetheless to see how they how they do this but I'm um, guaranteed it's going to be really really emotional for pretty much everybody who's who's a fan and and uh, really supported this first movie and everything and every and the energy that came from it uh so you know that'll be interesting to see for sure and uh let me see is there anything oh yeah so we also got two other things. The date of Quantumania, February 17th, 2023. Um, listen, uh, we, Kang's going to be in this Spider-Man this film. year? Holy geez. Like, I can't believe Yeah, that. Spider-Man is this year. So, this, so just to put it into perspective, and mm-hmm. before I get back to Ant-Man. So once Loki starts, we're going to just be doing pods nonstop for I don't even know how long. It's going to be a while. Um, if you really think about it, because ep- the same day of episode five of Loki, Black Widow comes out. So this is just like, whoo, it's going to be it's just going to be nuts. So then there are going to be four Marvel movies in the next six months, um, starting in July. Honestly, starting it's, in I'm July. so I'm so lucky that I got a whole like flower bags worth of cocaine for the next six months. Like, I don't know how I'd be able to do these pods otherwise. <laughs> just like, and, and contrary to probably ex- if I'm not already taking cocaine before every pod, as someone once asked me. <laughs> that's not. Has someone suggested and that? The, <laughs> and that's not including all of the, the shows that they've announced uh, this year and whatever they haven't announced so far to this point. So. 20, the rest of 2021 is just going to be like a mad dash. Yeah. And then, you know, after that. But um, yeah, Quantum Media, February 17th, 2023. Kang's going to be in that. That'll be cool. The last thing before we finally get to questions. Um, we don't have a date on it yet, but Fantastic Four, um, they keep showing it. Um, I think they, I think the plan here, um, at least my assumption is, is to make these characters a huge, huge part of uh, the MCU in terms of not only being the first family in Marvel, but um, also just like as a franchise in general, especially if they're going the route um, of not building towards an Avengers so quickly uh, this time. So well, I don't know if you guys got We got to touch Shang-Chi a little bit just because we haven't taught trailer. We haven't taught. Oh, good anything, point. Really. Good, good, good yeah. point. Um, yeah. So a couple weeks ago uh, and we were just, all in the midst of Falcon and the Winter Soldier coverage, uh, Shang-Chi dropped the trailer. And listen, I said it the day it came out. We got the real Mandarin. That's all I wanted. Right. You're going to get it. So I'm excited for that. Uh, and you I and I, the are, trailer was- you and I are excited about the Mandarin for different reasons. Um, yes. Obviously, the character return for me um I mean, I don't know who listens to this pod at this point that doesn't know uh, I'm Chinese <laughs> and uh, I'm very familiar with Tony Leung, who is in the film. And uh, it's it's one of those things. It's kind of like a weird um, connect, but I was really excited when you had the Judd Apatow era of movies because the references that they made in those movies 
were those that I actually grew up with. Like I remember in Pineapple Express, they played like Bone Thugs and Harmony, Crossroads. And I was like, oh my God, this is my song growing up. <laughs> and and yeah, to speak to like a little bit of representation, like to see Tony Leung in a Marvel film is like, I can't even really make sense of it because to me, like when I see that, I see like all the old like HK films that like I grew up on, like with subtitles and everything. And I... I just think it's really cool. I think it's really cool to see uh, that happening there. Um, and and yeah, and just generally speaking, like for the film itself, uh, I think when you look at like some of the set pieces that they put together in it, some of the looks that they have, um, it seems like they would at least, they're, they're attempting to at least touch on some of the kind of like cinema styles that existed in like Chinese cinema, which is also a really cool thing. Um, so. Yeah, just watching it in general, I I think I was a little, and I think kind of fairly, like when you see your people get represented early on, you're always a little unsure about how it's going to turn out, even if you know or feel confident that like the right people are behind it, because we all know like how studios could get involved. We all know how um, anything can, or how, you know, once it gets put in front of an audience, like before, like pre-screening and how it could turn around there. Um but yeah, I'd say coming out of the trailer, like not thinking too much necessarily about just like the story or anything like that. But I just, I felt, yeah, I felt hopeful and optimistic about just like seeing this put on screen. Jake? Now, I was just going to say for Jerome, it's got to be a double dip though, because not only is, you know, Tony Leung is in it, but the lead actor is both Chinese and Canadian. I mean, that's got to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Like... Shout out Mississauga. Um Simi Liu, uh, yeah, it's I. Funny enough, I've never actually seen Kim's Convenience, but uh, no, I, I think it is. Yeah, that's a cool thing too. I think um, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, I remember for such a long time, you, I just always do like a very silly thing where it's just like you watch someone's like that person's Canadian, that mm -hmm. person's Canadian, yeah. And kind of to your point there, it's like that person's Canadian and Chinese. Like, yeah, it's, it's a pretty big, cool. I mean, it is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, you know, I, to be frank, didn't really grow up on Kung Fu movies and stuff like that. So I don't, not to say that I'm not going to like it, because that's not what I mean at all. I don't know what to look for. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Um, but it looks like they're taking it seriously. And I think things like casting a Chinese movie legend in the villain role show that it's not, that obviously it's going to be an Americanized Kung Fu type movie, no matter what, because it's a Marvel movie. But like, it's not... I think that there's a temptation a lot of times when you do a genre film from a genre that is very popular in another part of the world to act like you're inventing it yourself. Like that, that like if America makes American company makes like a, a Kung Fu martial arts movie, they act as if martial arts movies haven't existed for a hundred years mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. elsewhere. And it feels like they're not doing that at all. Like they're really trying to, you know, pay homage and not just by throwing in some Easter eggs, but actually make it, um, like you would. It's, le it's less like being very referential in the way that you say maybe like a Tarantino does it, which I'm yeah. not like, this is not even like harping on Tarantino, no. but there is just the watching and feeling of it. Like yeah. just, it feels like it, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I'm a little, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit nervous about Aquafina's energy, not because I don't like Aquafina, but because I think that her energy 
can be you, you, you never you can never be sure what you're getting with like Aquafina. yeah like he I, has range but you i have a lot of mixed i have mixed feelings about her and crazy rich Asians, for example not that i think she's yep. bad it's just i don't know i mean also ken jong's energy is definitely not right for that movie and i don't know <laughs> right. if her energy is right for it but I, I mean i have faith that she'll be able to figure it out but that made me a little bit nervous when i like cheer a joke i'm like is I like that here, but is it going to land the whole thing? But other than that, honestly, I'm just I mean, the really one thing that I could say it. is hopeful about like an Aquafina is like I really like her in the farewell. Yeah, I and I, guess, yeah. Like, I think she can do it. I think yeah. that it just I I I'm a little bit wary. I think also just because she has literally such a distinctive voice that like mm -hmm. I don't know. I just it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I guess I'm just talking to talk. I just I'm excited about it. Um, and I don't know, you know. I think that it's because it's like an actor, the lead actor, someone who really, really don't have a relationship. We don't have a relationship with. I'm kind of just like ready to be taken over by it. Yeah. Um. What I just so, want to add. I know. Uh -huh. Sorry, AC. I'm just going to add just because mm -hmm. to Jake's thing about mentioning like putting in like a sim like a cinema legend in there. Like one thing I noticed very recently. Um, even if like you don't necessarily get like the genres right or anything like that. Like just seeing the long term impact. Uh, Jet Li and Romeo Must Die. Like, he got put in a movie where, you know, he was, like, a super popular kung fu movie actor in a movie that, like, when I think about Jet Li movies, like, in the action sense, I don't think about Romeo Must Die, even though it definitely has its charms. But it was... I caught this interview uh, where it was a Black interviewer interviewing Jet Li for his role in Mulan, and then they talked about Romeo must die and how it like kind of just planted the seeds in terms of like not just connecting people to some of like the Chinese like film culture, but also just like creating a bit of a bridge between like like black culture and Chinese culture because you had a movie like that and how uh, it, it was like it was almost like very sweet for Jet like to hear Jet Li say like, I really appreciate like my African-American fans and mm -hmm. like I mean, everyone, it, it, like it, it was, uh, but it's it just like, it's, I think, I think it's almost kind of just like, because we do live in this era where we can react very immediately to things mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily, like either if we don't see a particular impact right away or we like have kind of an overreaction to it. Mm -hmm. um, like it's stuff like that where I look back and I'm just like, you know what, it, you might not see it like really change anything now but just mm -hmm. placing it in and having the like slow build is like it does wonders and that's and, awesome and not doing it for cynical reasons because i feel like yeah and i drum i not tell me if i'm wrong for having noticed this but i feel like in a lot of super big blockbuster movies you'll have like the seventh build role will be like the biggest actor or actress in china just for like yeah. two days of work just so it's big in china and like that's, there's no problem with that but you, it you is know what's a good example it, it, of it that you can point to actually some of the way they're used in particular um at least disney properties are like different things um the actors from the raid mm -hmm, yeah they actually get placed um, in action roles, but like are always like very bit almost to the point of mm -hmm. being like action extras and stuff. Yeah. Whereas like if you watch something like The Raid Redemption, mm -hmm. like that's one of the best action yeah. movies hands down. Mm -hmm. So um, no, it's entirely to your point. Uh, like, and that's also like why you're always kind of get a little worried about like, yeah, yes, I can't wait to see so and so in it. But how are they really going to use it? It's that? why, because it, I was thinking about it when I was watching Godzilla versus Kong. I don't know if you saw mm -hmm. that film. Uh, yes, fun. I did. 
you know the guy who like pilots um the mecha godzilla i forget his name but he's played by a guy named i looked it up it is a shun oguri who is a, a big japanese actor i guess and mm-hmm. once again he's not bad in the role but he has like three scenes and it it feels like okay this is not it almost makes you feel bad because it's like i if this guy's gonna be in it and clearly he's a good actor i'd rather him actually play a role and not just a character that's just here to sell dollars in japan and so to see i mean look at some of the transformers movies where oh, they insert yeah. like blank chinese actor yeah um to make the china dollars exactly and so this a long way winded way long-winded way of saying shang chi doesn't have them in bit roles it's like big actors no, it's, it's, in yeah, major exactly. roles Not that's sure. what matters yeah 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 um i think just uh, for me particularly uh the story standpoint intrigues me because i always like and marvel has now had a pattern of this with the father-son stuff um and dealing with dealing with an overbearing father and it looks like uh both the mandarin secretly and, uh, the greatest villain in like marvel is the father yeah i mean and, yeah um, it's the father yeah, took away chadwick to boseman's oscar sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> oh jake i love you um but yeah that that part interests me and um also for uh for for um simu I'm very curious to see how he handles the extra attention because he did get in a little bit of hot water a couple of weeks ago at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier when he had that tweet about the, you know, basically, you know, everybody's conversation matters. I'm not even going to pull it up because I think most people who listen to this show know it, know what he said in terms Mm -hmm. of extremist conversations as far as Carly's character's concerned. And basically, well, you you can have conversations without you know, resorting to extremist measures. And some people took that as something That's else. Un- honestly, I think um, that is to, look, you're, you're building a big universe with mm-hmm. a number of different people from different backgrounds and perspectives. And even when they are now representing those, they don't necessarily represent like all the people. Like we are currently in uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And mm-hmm. I remember like just tackling, like, We'll we'll go back to Marvel very soon, but uh, just Promise, guys. just the notion of like that's a large group of people. Even if you like have like Simi Lu as like someone as a representative for Chinese people, he could not possibly represent every perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that's right. kind of just the thing that we're going to come across. And as long as we can, you know, keep a nuanced conversation and listen to each other mm-hmm. through it, like I think it could be productive. Yeah, yeah, and I also think that especially when people get into these new spaces and, you know, they have added attention on to what they say. Um, there's always context. And of course the internet is not going to never allow for any type of context. No. So that part is always going to be a difficult thing to understand. And I'm, I've always been the person like I'm willing to just see how things play out before I'm automatically going to say that this person is this just because of one thing they say, we all say dumb shit. So like yeah. it is also what he is. said. I don't. I think I don't fully agree I don't think with it's what like he said. Crazy, crazy. But yeah, I think that. And this is like I. And I think the problem with Twitter is that like in actuality, the the percentage of the population that had any problem with what he said is legitimately less than one percent. I would guess, but like it just feels like it is. So I, I I'm confident. I, I guess the thing is, I'm confident he'll be fine because he seems to have a native understanding of the internet and stuff like that. And he doesn't mm. seem like the type of guy who would just like if someone criticizes him, he'd go, "Well, fuck you guys," and take this ball and go home. And I think that that's always the worst thing you can do. So I'm I'm I feel good. Like there are some people I am worried about with that. 
like you know but like anytime scarlett johansson opens her mouth it's like don't like make <laughs> me feel bad for ever watching a black widow movie um but him I'm, i think he'll be fine right right and with that we will start our question uh taking portion of the program which was which this is uh the mailbag and uh, I did want to start since we talked about phase four and kind of kind of the stuff that's going to happen. Our good pal Cecilia Stokes at Cecilia M Stokes one, the new phase four teaser in mind. Where do you see Marvel going? Is there going to be a big crossover again, like the Avengers in the next few years, or do you think that's not the goal anymore? It seems like uh, phase four is ending with Fantastic Four, so I'd like to hear your thoughts. Any of you guys can go. I think that. The key part, the reason I'm going to say no, because she said the next few years, is there going to be another big team movie? Of course there is that, you know, that's where the money's printed, but in the next few years, no, because I think they don't want it to be like, they don't want their trajectory to be shaped like a mountain where infinity war and Endgame are the top of it. And then the next big team up movie is as only as big as age of Ultron. You know what I mean? Like they, they mm-hmm. need to rebuild and rebuild the momentum. And I mean, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is was just like a p- pretty good to you know moderately good action TV show, and it was the biggest TV show in the world. They're not I, they're not worried that their smaller stories aren't going to get watched. You know what I mean? Like I feel like if WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, no one watched them, they'd be like, oh my god, we got to do something big. But they're they I don't don't think they're in any rush to do another a big event. Um, Jerome, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think we're getting events but not necessarily Avenger events. Like if anything, if we're watching this teaser and basing it off what we're finding out there, we're not getting a big team up, but we're getting a big team in the Fantastic Mm, Four showing up. And that in its, like, I think the introduction of one of the like core key members of the Marvel universe, like that in itself is I think big enough um, because that is, that is essentially what we did with the first Avengers. Like I think, what we also do forget, especially once you like compare it to the Infinity Wars and Endgames, is Avengers feels very small. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Like even Civil War is bigger than that, if you mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah. And so to that end, you know, but we know like what the impact was in the moment and even what it kind of feels like when you look at like look back and go through it. So um right now it does feel uh though differently because we have TV involved. We're kind of in phase one B or phase one like redux in that we're kind of like picking back up, reintroducing some new characters, reassessing where exactly everyone's going to be going. And um, I think it's, it's more hitting milestones. And I think it seems like the fantastic four move is probably our first big milestone in terms of like, if we were to say the Avengers introduced not only this bigger world in the Avengers, but also Thanos, like we could be looking at like fantastic four being like our first entry point to then also go to Galactus. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I think yeah. that a lot of the hand wringing about. I apologize, AC. You're on a little bit of a delay, I think, um, or maybe I'm okay. just rude. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that people there's a lot of revisionist history about how much it control and how exact how much exactly Kevin Feige was had planned at the beginning. And I think that Correct. like if all they need now is basically the films they're gonna do generally scope it out and then where they're gonna end. And like, I think it's actively a bad thing. If you write every single movie in order to get to every detail of it, in order to get to an end thing, that's how you come up. That's how you write shitty stuff. So like, I actually don't, I'm actually kind of glad that they kind of don't know exactly where they're going to go because Infinity War and Endgame happened the way they did because 
at some point in like they didn't happen because Kevin Feige knew exactly how they're going to happen in 2008. They happened because things happened when they made the movies, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to let them play. Yeah. Mini team ups is what you look forward to. We kind of know what Spider-Man uh, No Way Home is going to be with Dr. Strange's inclusion and Daredevil's inclusion, the other Spidey's inclusion. Like there's just a lot of stuff happening in all of these different shows and movies um dr strange with wanda involved like things like that thor and the guardians and all this other stuff you can these little combinations the like jerome said events they're more like event films now and you can do stuff like that while also simultaneously doing the stuff with the television as you introduce new characters and build their smaller worlds and, and things like that and then you can sprinkle in some of your regular MCU characters into them to kind of to help build those newer characters. And then eventually you get, like we said, Fantastic Four. Um, at some point we're going to get the X-Men. So all of those things have to happen first before logically you can build towards. They're also uh, playing with house money at this point. Yeah, like they really so are. Much and house I, money. And, it, and it's pretty clear that Kevin Feige is leaning heavily into source material. So when you do that, there's so much you can go to before you even need to even think about an Avengers. Because I got to tell you right now, I'm not even thinking about the Avengers. It's just no. so much of interesting, smaller stories that feel like bigger events. So and they have this stuff. Because we with, understood well. like what happened with character rights, like not that it was planned this way, but we kind of get to see a little bit of like maybe what they would have done if they had everyone available to them. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Very good point. Uh, thank you, Cecilia, for the question. Um, our next one is from Zach Rowling at the Real Zebo 33 Back when Marvel announced all the new shows they'd be releasing, I had concerns about oversaturation, but I didn't consider that they may all be just one season. Do you expect Falcon and the Winter Soldier or any other shows to have multiple seasons? I'll take this one first because um, it's pretty clear that uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is probably just a one-season show, and they're going to move to Captain America 4, and that'll be a different story going forward. Actually, our next question will be about Captain America 4, but just in terms of multiple seasons of shows i feel like there's a very wink wink good chance that loki is a multiple season show Mm -hmm. um if i had to guess um uh she hulk yeah definitely has a chance to be i think she actually has a chance to be a multiple season season show show. um moon knight probably has a good chance to Mm -hmm. be a multiple season show when we're talking about more of these ground level heroes and um some of the people that they may introduce in Hawkeye may have their own show that could be multiple seasons. Yeah. yeah I'll say it's, that much. The story, like the story needs mm-hmm. to lend itself to that. Like Falcon and yeah. the Soldier wouldn't doesn't naturally need to have another season because it's a the it's kind of a complete arc. Whereas, you know, if Loki is what it seems like, where it's kind of just like a general like time jumping caper adventure thing maybe with an overarching mm-hmm. thing then like that is the type of show that you very easily could see being multiple seasons doctor who has been on for 50 something years like it's it's kind of in or she hulk like a comedy with like a lawyer who has superpowers like that is also something that just feels like it could be multiple seasons i think it's kind of self-evident which ones like when people are like is there not gonna be a falcon falcon in the winter soldier season two it's like I didn't at no point that I think there was going to be one. Like I just never felt like there was going to be one. And I don't think we need one. No, agreed. That much. 
Um, <laughs> Jerome, do you have anything to add? Agreed. Okay, sounds good. All right, so let's move on to our next question uh, from Swara Ahmed at Spiders Wars. Uh, th thank you for being such a heavy supporter of the show. Appreciate Absolutely. your engagement with us. Um, who would y'all like to see direct Captain America for? Also, do you think that even if it was marginal in the series so far, that the increased critique of the military might continue in the MCU? Could the MCU move more away from military funding for projects? Jake, before this call started, Jake had his uh, Jake had himself wind, uh, yes. you know, wound up. For I'll this say work. exactly what I said. I Don't said that I did more preparation for this question than I have at any mailbag question in the past. In that mm -hmm. I read it and thought about it beforehand. Um, and so, because I love movies, um, and uh, I really was like, okay, what director? Because the thing, the thing that Marvel does is that they pick directors who haven't really directed anything like a movie and then put them in like the Russo brothers, they'll, they directed community and you, me and Dupree, like they weren't action movie directors. The unfortunate part is that I'm not Kevin Feige and I don't have a Rolodex of small directors to go through. And I also think that with like certain characters like the Eternals or with Shang-Chi, I think that there's a more of a place to be creative and to have someone who's like a new vision. Whereas I think Captain America, you want a steady hand and I think you want to get back to the paranoia and like the really ground level, like action thriller type stuff. And so he probably would never do it, but I want Captain America 4 written and directed by Tony Gilroy, who wrote, he wrote all the Bourne movies, actually the second, the second two Matt Damon Bourne movies. And then he wrote and directed the Jeremy Renner one. And he wrote and directed one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time, Michael Clayton. And he also, the reason he's relevant for you guys is that he was the one when, I don't know if you guys know this, but famously Rogue One, like 40% of it was reshoots because Gareth mm. Edwards apparently just dropped the ball. No disrespect. Mm. He made Godzilla, the 2014 Godzilla. Good. But, and Tony Gilroy was brought in to rewrite and reshoot 40% of the movie. He was only given a writer's credit, but like, and people like, the thing is like, oh, he saved that movie. And so I think that he's someone who has real ideas. I mean, you had me at born. <laughs> I mean, he has like real ideas <laughs> and has a real good way of doing character, mm -hmm. but also is like, he also has like a thousand writing credits for action movies from like the 90s and the 2000s. And I think that he would just make a, like a really cool spy thriller that haven't involved Captain America. So that was the answer I thought of after I had a half hour in the shower. Did you have anything about the military stuff? Yes. Uh, My answer is that will they be more critical of it? I think they'll be slightly critical of it. Will they move away from it? No, because the nope. military won't let you use their logos or insignias unless you let them consult. And also the thing I keep saying, even though I understand that a young liberal people, myself included, want to criticize <laughs> the military, most of America is still very in support of the military. Like, I, I can't say that enough. Like, it's not a problem for most people. I wish it was. It's money. It's money, man. But it's like, but like 95% of people who go to see a Captain America movie aren't going to be like, there's too much military industrial complex in that. Like, there's no anti-war movement in America at the moment. Like, just I, I think I, if you look sucks. at the way they, sh like, I think mistakenly called their shot on John Walker tells you exactly yeah. what the landscape is like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, oh, Jerome, who, who would you like to direct uh, Captain America for? Uh, I, I don't really have any names, to be honest. But I think um, the approach that Jake has is like, I think that's the right approach in terms of finding Pretty someone sound. who understands the genre well and does it just because um, like we all love Chloe Zhao and Taika Waititi and all these um, 
directors that are coming in that really put their imprint on these things, but it's also material that you get to have that kind of like freedom and license with. And I think, uh, yeah, when it comes to a Falcon Winter Soldier, the same way that we, or Ca Captain America in Winter Soldier now, um, like it, it's the same way that we looked at it when we went from WandaVision to that, where it's just like, we're going to enjoy this, but very differently in that we know mm -hmm. it lives within its bubble in space. Right. And for me, um, I feel like with how good that good the physical fight scenes are generally in Captain America and everything that we've kind of seen, because I did like the action in Falcon and the Winter Soldier too. I mm -hmm. um, thought it was gritty. Um, if I had to go with somebody, I'd say James Mangold, uh, the director of Logan. And uh, for me... I think you can put Zemo in this film. I think you could put the Serpent Society in this film, and then you can really get into some very interesting gray territory in terms of not only the fight scenes in the show, but um, ideologies and what the- right Obviously Marvel's check might situations. make a difference. Marvel's yes. check might make a difference. But from what I understand from interviews and stuff, James Mangold's not gonna make another superhero movie. <laughs> I, 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 unfortunately, I would love for him to, but from what I understand, mm -hmm. he doesn't ever wanna make another superhero movie. Yeah, and then just briefly, briefly on the military stuff, and I know people go back and forth on this. Yes, propaganda, propaganda, propaganda. I mean, it is what it is. Like in terms of in terms of money and what allows these movies to get made, the military is a significant, you know, part of some of these some of these characters, and that's just that's just the way it is. Um, I don't see it necessarily changing anytime soon. And specifically with what's happened in the past uh, 18 months, um, and they're trying to get back to making movies and making money. Um, this is going to be a part of this, and you know I don't say this with any with any glee or anything like that. It just you know it's just reality. So it is what it is as far as that's concerned. Uh, let me pull up my next question uh, from Geese Buttersnaps, um, aka the Heater, my Great guy game, Montel. At, uh, at it's a psych DG. reference. I don't know if you guys watched it, but Gee Buttersnaps is a psych reference. Shout out to that show. I know psych the show, but I've never watched it. But um, shout out to Montel um, at Montel DG. Um, another question with Marvel and Disney now focusing on producing more diverse projects with uh, POCs and women in leading roles. How do you see the storytelling shift now compared to the first three phases of the MCU? Are there comics that are there comics you'd receive that highlight these diverse stories? And it's kind of a question specifically uh, for me. I, I mean, the Sam Wilson stuff you can kind of get into um, certainly during Civil War II with his uh, battles with U.S. Agent. Um, I well, one thing that I'm reading now that's very very interesting and and it's it's funny that I hadn't gotten a chance to it is uh, Tanahasi Coates' take on Captain America Steve Rogers. That's some really interesting stuff um um in terms of just the you juxtapose uh Tanahasi going after you know taking this this uh, Steve Rogers character and trying to do something significant with him was very, very, a very interesting undertaking. Have you him. seen the uh, discussions about it on the internet? Because that's how only I've seen. I don't know how embedded you are in the uh, anti right wing internet, but you know Jordan Peterson, the you know idiot guy, the uh, right wing yeah. commentator. He um, he would hate me calling him that, but fuck him. He 
people point out similarities between the villain and that and him which there are i haven't seen panels there are significant ones and he just i like, kept complaining about it and i'm like dude did you if i if i thought a villain in a comic book was a little bit like me i would bring it up to no one because then all of them like wow that yeah this guy who's really bad is a lot like him anyway i thought that was funny it was a big blow up on twitter very funny oh, if you boy. enjoy that sort of things i probably i probably would if, if somebody got him mad um I think Ironheart, which is something that we're going to see in the future. I think something that deals with uh, race, obviously in Chicago, being set there. Um, Miles Morales. Whenever we get to that, that's um, something. Uh, that's something significant. And and of course, um, I think Shang Chi. If you go back and read, and I am Jesus, I think me and Steph are going to do one of these at some point for Marvel. Do what? Boy, Shang Chi is another one where just like that. That uh. Punisher Luke Cage thing. I feel like I, I think I sent y'all a photo. Is it wait? One. Is it worse than the Punisher Luke Cage? No, it can't. Okay, be. so it's not. It's not. Jerome <laughs> 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 just did a dab. Um, it's not worse, but like the language um, yeah. is uh, it's just not like, good. It's whoa, not good. Okay, so I think they always have to. Uh, they always and and I feel like they have a decent idea of how to do these things as a but. At the same time, with what happened in Falcon and the Winter Soldier in terms of the race conversation there, it didn't exactly hit everything that you would want to. And also, I think it's just one of those things where I just feel like they're so conscious of not stepping in it that in some ways they step in it by accident. So that is something to watch going forward. I know the unfortunate thing, though, is that the, the perverse incentive of it is that they stepped in it with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but in actual in in raw dollars, the amount of people who they who they stepped in it with is a lot less than if they actually had a frank conversation about race. That's the that's the worst thing. You know what I mean? Like most random you know white teens who are watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier didn't care that they did it bad on race, which sucks. But that's the problem. It's that like there's actually no real incentive to be have a good conversation about race because you would turn off half the audience. But you know, right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jerome, do you have anything to add and anything that you would like? It doesn't even have to be comic book storylines, but just like how, I mean, you talked about Shang-Chi and representation and stuff like that. Uh, How would you like to um, see that represented? Because I know in discussions in the past, you have had your reservations in terms of what uh, Um, might be seen out there. Yeah, no, no. I, I think there's nothing specific because like, again, even for me to try to be specific about it would be putting out some sort of position like I have some high authority on how things should be represented. <laughs> um, I, I think it's, I, I think like the question is usually framed in a way that you're asking like, what kind of stories are you expecting to have? But I think, you know, especially when um, we're looking at yours and Steph's episodes that you, like where you break down like the very weird history that happens in some comic uh comic books uh and what we're seeing now like yes we are getting more representation now and we're getting more uh opportunity coming through but i think even if you just want to talk about creative license like we've already started to see that in marvel since like late phase two early phase three um where directors are just having more freedom to put more of their personality imprint in there and like, yeah, we, we treat it more in terms of like style in what they do, but just the very notion of just making sure that you have more 
different, more like just different people in there will ensure that you'll have like more perspective and more um, truer representation of anything. And I think to that end, it's just more that uh, it's less like I'm looking for specific plot lines or stories, but like when I see a character that is intended on representing any kind of thing, like I just feel like the right people would be behind it. And that's the kind of stuff I'm like more confident about. Mm, that's fair enough. And uh, thank you for that question, Montel. Uh, we move on to Jared with a view, respectfully. <laughs> Jared, you're too cool. Um, at J underscore uh, Maku Mishu, are you? Uh, what's your guys' expectations of Loki and Doctor Strange 2? Um, either of you can go. I'll go last. Uh, I'll go Loki first. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be mm-hmm. super fun. And uh, I didn't even know, like we haven't discussed this as a crew. Am I supposed to host those episodes <laughs> since we've done... If you're able to, if you're not, if able you're to, able to, but let's let's find out. But yeah. uh, whoever does do it, I I've almost I haven't figured out. But like I was almost just like you know we do our plot run throughs. Like maybe we just don't do it in order. Like mm. just go off like fuck with time. Like if they're gonna yeah. do it, we'll do the same too. But anyway, um no, I think hmm. it's just gonna be a fun like romp is the word I think I might want to use for this one. It is, I think. <laughs> it's the word I would I, use. Yeah, I like and, that word. I like and that I word think, a lot. Um, and I think it is a relief because uh, when we all saw the title, and obviously the title means that the character were just like this guy again. But it seems like they figured out how to like actually like really make use of it and have fun with it. And you know, we've talked about it already at length with any of the trailers. I'm just expecting like a really fun time. That um, I actually really liked Jake met um, referencing Doctor Who because like you never know when it comes to Disney, like they could afford to, but it is one of those things where that could be a direction you go and just have a lot of fun with it. Because uh, while yes, in the larger universe, we don't want to have this just like lawless, ruleless uh, existence that anything can happen and like timelines can go in so many different directions. But when you have things like Loki or you have Marvel, what if, like, I think that's, those are fun spaces to explore it. And I think that's kind of an exciting thing to do there. And then as uh, with regard to Dr. Strange, um, so Dr. Strange to me is be, like, I think we've come to a consensus that like, while we weren't necessarily like crazy hot on Dr. Strange when it first came out, it's aged really well. And then he's like, gotten like such an incredible performance between infinity war and Endgame, and so now like if we're talking about this in terms of you know let's say like any of any basketball great like lebron or jordan or kobe like getting over the hump and finally getting that chip like can he go back to back and that's the exciting thing for me for mm. dr strange like mm. he has he's he came in with talent we weren't like he I, let's say, like, even though we say it's aged well, Doctor Strange at best was like a second round exit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he basically, like, wins in the finals and won the finals, I'd say, at that point. He's well, got his he first wasn't chip. the best player on the team, though. That's the thing. He hasn't carried yeah, a franchise yeah. himself. That's what we have wondering yeah. now. If, if we want, like, then, so if we're going to pick a player, um, this, this, is, this would be almost like, Kawhi finals MVP where it's like he was clearly the best in the series but like is this guy really gonna like take the mantle and carry this franchise to another thing so like Doctor Strange 2 now is more essentially is he gonna pull off what Kawhi did in Toronto yeah Wanda's gonna be Pascal Siakam there you go yep 
Um, <laughs> I'm I'm you, really Jake? excited for Loki because I am a big Doctor Who fan. Uh, okay, I'm a decently big Doctor Who fan. I say that just because I'm not. I haven't watched the old ones, and I'm not going to watch the old ones. I'm sorry, my imagination doesn't let those special effects work for me. But I love romps through time and space. Um, and I think that it's all about charm. Like so much of Doctor Who works because whoever's playing the Doctor is charming. And it's why the Christopher Eccleston season doesn't work because he's not. Um, that, and I think the Tom Hiddleston. Just, it's just is, something about Dark Elves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just, but Tom Hiddleston just like exudes a lot of charm. And Owen Wilson, I think, is just a perfect foil for him. And I, I think that. Um, my one worry is that like, cause I think this can be one of those things where like a lot of TV shows have like a kind of sort of overarching plot that really only manifests itself in like the last two episodes. I'm afraid that they're going to be like too afraid to kind of have, I-, I want like the first four episodes of it to kind of just be like story of the week episodes with like a little bit of overarching plot. I don't need this to be, uh, like w- there's a big bad coming up the whole time because I don't really care that much. It's a, it's a very like I think what you need to do with anything like this is like the first episode obviously needs to like establish the world for Loki and kind of establish the rules, but do it in a way that puts him in the mission of the week. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it's like it's the progressively him getting better at it. Over and the also, not the for nothing, that is also something that Doctor Who does. Where like they'll have exactly. like the first yeah. episode will be a crack in a wall, and then the last episode is that that crack in the wall destroyed all space and time. Anyway, um, <laughs> as for Doctor, that is just a true, true, real storyline. Uh, Doctor Strange too. Um, I'm excited. I think that it, like, I really want to know how how true the the first horror movie in the MCU thing is going to be. Um, but I don't know. I just have, I have high expectations because they're trying to do so much and I hope that it doesn't get away from them because I'm afraid the thing I'm afraid of with something like that is that it gets away from them and then it ends up being like boring. But even then, like, I, that's just a, that's just a fe- irrational fear. So I'm just most excited. Well, I'll say this for Loki. Um, I thought the, the, uh, either adventure of the week thing that you guys mentioned, I think. I think that's a good that's a good way to go for this show. If they lean into that and really just have fun with it that way. And in a lot of ways the teaser the teaser last night during the Warriors Pelicans game kind of there's a little bit of that happening with uh, Loki and Mobius as in they're traveling to different places and then Loki's just doing stuff to mess things up because he of course he's Loki. Um that intrigues me and then as long as you know, as long as they kind of stick to that goofy aspect of things and not, you know, not have a show that takes itself too seriously, um, I think it could really be a hit. I mean, as opposed to what we just had with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I need a break from the heaviness. I'll, of- I'll have four words for you in terms of like when I saw the trailer and got really into it. Owen Wilson game changer. Like, I just, it's, once it's I perfect. saw it, I was yeah. on board. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He's, 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 he's kind of like a perfect, um, uh, kind of sidekick to have, uh, with, with Loki there in terms of what they're going to do. So I'm excited for that. Um, in terms of Dr. Strange multiverse of madness, I really do think that Wanda being built up in WandaVision and it was the one true success of the show yeah, more than anything else is that they were able to build up her character throughout and she's now a, for, a real force to be we- to be reckoned with. So how she fits in in that movie and what's going to happen with the twins and everything else, that intrigues me. 
Uh, Mordo excites me. I, the, I've said this on a lot of occasions. I think he had one of the more fascinating character arcs in uh, in, in an MCU film. So I want to see how that continues. And uh, basically, this is a film that apparently is supposed to wreck and change the MCU in ways that we don't know. So that's the case. Uh, you know, I do have high expectations for it. And this is going to be after what we see in Spider-Man. So whatever happens in Spider-Man will just make the anticipation that much more uh, fervent. So, yeah, for sure. Definitely excited for, for both of these uh, projects coming out. Uh, next question from friend of the show, Michael Springthorpe. Uh, this one is for Jake at Springthorpeman. How does Jake hope they handle hey, the D.B. Cooper situation in Loki? I'm glad he asked Michael Springthorpe. Uh, he and I are both big fans of the D.B. Cooper story. Um, it's just great, uh, you know, famously where there was the guy who got on a plane. I'm not going to tell the story. If you don't know it, then I don't know, whatever. Google it. Um, <laughs> I, I love anything in a show where someone uses time travel and that the character in it becomes a mystery person in like in history, like a doctor who does it all the time. And I can't really think of any specific examples off the top of my head, but it's like the idea that like, Oh, you thought DB Cooper was weird. Of course it was weird. It was actually Loki, the trickster God. I love shit like that. Um, and I also think it's just a perfect place to put tom hiddleston because i don't know if i've ever seen anyone look more in their element than him wearing a jet black suit with his hair back and like <laughs> ray-bans on like that's just like yeah right. give me that um <laughs> and like I, they're not going to show up but obviously he's betting some 70s like uh flight attendants like duh you know that's a given but um i'm excited just because I, I like i love when like i said i love when historical minutiae is thrown into time travel stuff especially when it's not as like on the nose as oh this week the doctor and his companion are going to meet shakespeare like whatever you know but if it's like a specific cool event that's unexplained i think that it's fun oh yeah absolutely for sure and my and mike as always thank you for your support and thank you for the question uh we have will at w shaf 11 how do y'all feel about the Wakandans making Sam a Stars and Stripes cap suit, knowing the USA's history of plundering Africa, which continues to this day? It felt weird to me. Um, yeah, there was some talk we about that. We touched on that last episode. Yeah, don't love it. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, a little. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But I, I think, um, yeah, there was some conversation about that. And I just think the one thing I'll kind of add for context is um, this show got a lot of things out of whack. A lot of things out of whack. And this is a perfect time for me to mention um, that interview. And I remember, I think I, I sent it to you guys that uh, the director of Falcon and the Winter Soldier did in terms of the John Walker character and how they wanted to make sure that we liked him. And that was quite the choice there. Um, I know Jake had a reaction in the chat at the time. So, Jake, I don't know if you have anything further to add, but I just say that was a choice. It's just, it's so clear that, like, when we talk about things like biases that are unconscious, like, this is what we mean in that, and this is not to say that I don't have biases because I'm a white guy, because there definitely are times that I do, but, like, even, I, I'm well past, like, but I, I think you have to be so, you have to be so, like, completely blind and to your biases to not realize that not everyone is going to take a white dude beating a man to death in public over a, a crime he didn't commit 
as if that's not like the fact that you don't realize that that's not going to make most of your audience be like, I never can forgive this guy. The fact that you think that that's forgivable is just shows how much being a blonde haired blue eyed white guy can redeem yourself because they never, ever, 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 ever would expect people to forgive a person of color like that. Never, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, because they didn't expect, because the show, I think it goes hand in hand with the fact that the show clearly had a much lower opinion of Carly than the audience did. Because yeah. clearly the show didn't treat Carly's death like nearly as much of a tragedy as I think we all assumed, not even assumed, but like wanted it to be. And so clearly I think that they completely misread just the optics. And I think just that like, I think as time goes on, things that happen, and I think for good reason, I think a lot of action movie directors are going to have to deal with the fact that I think the line for who people today expect it to be okay to be murdered is a lot higher. Like, I think that even though the guy, the flag smasher guy who we killed, you know, wasn't completely innocent of everything. Like he did bad mm-hmm. stuff, but he was nowhere near bad enough. Like you'd be at this point, you basically need to be actively trying to kill the protagonist in order for audiences to be okay with you dying. Yeah. Um, and so I, it just was a complete misreading of how people think about these characters and completely, I think it's, it's a really bad sign about John Walker. And I, I mean, I think the fact that they got shit, like, I don't think that Disney's stupid enough to not realize that people didn't like that now. I mean, they might, they'll still make mistakes similar again, but I think yeah. it's just like, oh, you, you're, you're seeing John Walker in the one way and that is making you much more amenable to forgiving him, but you're not realizing that the rest of the audience isn't. And that is like completely, I, I'm shocked at how badly they misread that. Yeah. Anything that true? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they also like they they obviously planted enough of it there, but I guess they really wanted the audience to just bank on the idea that John Walker was a product of like the military, and it wasn't mm-hmm. really him. Like a good guy, like turned uh, like a good guy with good intentions, but just you know, just molded by this system and organization uh to make the bad decision it just it was sloppy that's all it was but um okay well to like go back to the original question i think we all said it Mm -hmm. but just to like for will's sake uh we all felt weird um we we kind of rationalize like why they would do that i think in a lot of ways we kind of like toss it up to just like yeah but we like we like Falcon. Like we like, <laughs> we like Sam. So like, we're going to do this solid for him slash oh, it's not a favor for Bucky. Right. Like, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the whole, you know, like, I don't even know how you do that. Like if you're going to involve the Wakandans to make that. And then also, you know, go uh, listen to Steph's point on there in terms of at least the comic book connection to it as to why that's yeah. relevant. And Context. also kind of just like look up that end because that's what happens in the comics. You know what? Actually, yes. I just realized that Bucky told them to paint it like the Columbus Blue Jackets because that's what it lo- <laughs> I was trying to remember, think of what sports team it looks like. And it looks like the Blue Jackets. Yeah. But um, oh. yeah. And then to all the other points there, it's just uh, – Jake nailed it like just um mm-hmm. the way you see the show being made and what you're presented on screen you can tell that that's like it wasn't a revelation to hear if anything it was just more of a confirmation of us watching like are they trying to make him a sympathetic character and then he's just like and then the the director was just like yeah yeah it was well it was you know it's funny before we move on um it's funny because when you watch episodes uh 4 and 5 I'm like, 
this is great work by them. They're doing a great job with this. They've done a great job with this character to this point. And they're mm. kind of following through on it to the degree that you would like to see. He has the moment getting caught in 4K and then he fights Bucky and Sam. And it's just like, and it's a really like intense, really good s- scene in general. You feel like the character's being built well. And then you get that episode at the end. You're confused and say, like, what happened? And then I read the I read the interview and I'm like, oh my god, they intended to do it this you know way. What, you know what's like? It's like if you saw someone, and they were in the kitchen and they like mix some flour and you know some eggs and milk and butter, whipped it up, put some like sugar and I think I already said that, put it in like a pan, uh, put it in the oven, cooked it, put icing on top of it, and then handed you and like you know what that looks like is gonna be a pretty good pie. I mean, excuse me, a pretty good piece of cake. And they said, here's my pie I baked you. And it's like, oh no, like this was good if it was a cake, right? But like right, the fact right. that because it, it it was a good setup for a complicated villain because yeah. I think that like they did. I think the stuff of him being like kind of a product of the army, et cetera, et cetera, is very, very compelling. They did the yeah. legwork. Compelling doesn't, compelling doesn't equal, I like this guy. Yes. And the fact that they were trying, that they were like, okay, we built this character. You like him, right? It's like, no, like I thought you were just trying to build a complicated villain. You, you know what oh, word, um, like Howard Ryan brought it up uh, with referring to just more in how they're handling the whole larger narrative arc of like black men in America, but um, the word that he used that I think like applies to like almost all these things here and that we feel like the dismount just wasn't landed is just like, there's mm-hmm. no reckoning. Yeah. And like, no. um, and like, whether it's just how we see like what John Walker play out or how we see like the government being handled or how we see even just the notion of like the full decision for, you know, Sam to take up the mantle of Captain America, we're just not seeing kind of like what we expect but you know um yeah i mean i mean if you want to hear more will definitely just like listen back oh yeah to the last definitely episode. go back to the really... the series finale of um, yeah we, we go Winter into Soldier. it quite a bit um yeah, yeah. very in-depth um next question from uh captain monica rambo at two photon underscore 2021 when do i get my movie um i will say this Ooh. I will say this. The way that they marketed this um this title, I will say that there's a way better chance of it happening now yeah. than I would have said beforehand. I still don't know if it's gonna happen. Also, yeah, I because would lean I, oh, that yeah. I'd see a series before a movie. Yeah. Agreed. I but also I think the thing too is that. Not that I want to say like that the moment that the you know strong black female character wants a movie, I'm gonna say movies don't matter as much. But I think that we're gonna be seeing a lot that there's gonna be a lot fewer just one title character in a movie movies. Um, and so like I think that I think the, the threshold for a character to just get their own movie is gonna be a lot higher going forward. And so I think that that while at I think that they're actually the moving it to making it the Marvels is a very very good thing for Monica Rambeau. However, I think that the fact that most of these movies are being marketed as two or three handers mm-hmm. leads me to believe that the that like if they're not even gonna give scarlet witch a movie called scarlet witch then that makes me very dubious that they would give monica rambo yeah, that's fair. however that's fair. It, it i think that it just depends on how well she does in you know in the i Marvels. think it also depends on like where they take the character right yeah exactly like it's it's always yeah. ju- it's just it's it's all 
like as much as obviously like we're now in the space where you know the call is for more representation i think everyone on this panel for sure is all for it um mm -hmm. ultimately too like these are stories about comic book characters and um regardless of who's playing them like there is a level of like how important they are in their fictional universe yeah. right for for sure absolutely thank you for the question um uh, montel did ask another question which i actually i think is a fun one um Agatha all along, Vishon, Zemo in the club, Anthony Mackie smile. What's the best meme of the MCU show so far? Can anything in Loki top it? Uh, I think it's Vishon. That's a great or, my favorite is Vishon, I should say that. Um, just uh, what can top it in Loki? Ooh, that's tough. It's very tough. Because, because okay. I'm going to say it's tough on like surface value because surface level, because um, what has worked as being the best memes is really how it connects in any way to black Twitter and black culture. Yeah. So what you see in Loki mm -hmm. on the surface so far, what a, like our reference point that we think that it can connect to is an old British television series. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, and like when you're looking at the leads, like it's obviously seeing like what happened with Vishan, like we know that there is a potential, even though technically, you know, even though played by Paul Bettany, the character itself, uh, I think we've all determined is black, but um, <laughs> just, um, but uh, no, really though, all, like all that said, I think, uh, can anything top it? Uh, who's to say, because like, that's more a credit to the internet than it is really more to Marvel. But yeah. I would say, I, I would say it would be hard to top at least looking at it right now. Like where, where's the entry point is my question, like culturally yeah. speaking. And my answer is I think that by itself, like the best meme in the moment like, as a standalone thing was Agatha all along and that in it, the moment itself was a meme. Like it was, mm -hmm. so, it was so viral. Like it went, it was like the number one song on iTunes. Yeah. yeah. But, Especially because like, it's yeah. so directly an actual thing. It wasn't exactly. someone like taking it and turning. Exactly. Yeah, I, I was going to say yeah. the most useful meme was definitely uh, Vishon. Um, and so I think that like, and also once again, the internet is so fragmented. However, Jerome is absolutely right in diagnosing that it's whatever black Twitter picks up on because it, that's just where the real internet happens. I'm not saying anything novel. Um, and so like, you might have some, like, I guarantee you Tumblr, if it's still a thing, who the hell knows, will blow, blow up with Hiddlestoners posting their favorite gifts. But I, I don't imagine they'll have something bigger unless there's something absolutely insane. Like, unless they have like a moment like in what was it legends of tomorrow where a supervillain tried to kill barack obama in his dorm like if they have a legend oh, like yes, that, that if there's something like that <laughs> then yes but if not no um for me like i think people know at this point how i feel about the anthony mackie thing because he just his face just always that's looks like your he's lying. yeah but the, the face he is just looks always looks like he's lying now, no. now the so thing funny. is that's more of a you meme like i've seen some other people use that photo but like that meme is not nearly as popular as the other ones on that list well, like, I, that's, if you, if you go into black twitter it is it actually is meme, more so than you more so than you see on it like but uh but like that's just like more like where i'm watching from um yeah Zemo I mean, in the club, though. It, Zemo in the club had a run. Had yeah, a run absolutely. for the weekend. Yeah. Z yeah, the only thing is just, like, it's the versatility of it, right? Yeah. I also think a staying yeah, power about a meme is a huge thing. 
Because I think that because yeah. I remember me and Springthorpe mentioned earlier, we once did a podcast where we talked about what like the best memes from every year the last like 10 years were. And there's a huge mm-hmm. difference between what was the biggest things at the time and like what's like the steady climb. Like what like a song that is at number one on the charts for two weeks and then goes away or the yeah. song that's at number five for a while. Like I actually wonder in a year what people will remember most. I'm, you want to be I'm, the Boston Celtics or the San Antonio Spurs? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really curious what's going to have the most staying power. Cause like, I'm afraid that I feel like Zemo in the club is just, I don't think I have that much staying power. Cause just cause it's not, it, it was, it was, I mean, like that's the other thing too. When you're like saying like meme, that, that was just like a real novel moment. Yeah. Yes. Right. That's fair. Like, I think when, when you think meme is just more like, how does it, how do you take that out of its context exactly. and apply it yeah. elsewhere? Yeah. With the I mean, Zemo look, Vishon, they use um, exactly. They use with Invincible, so right. And uh, yeah, like Vishon <laughs> like stretches me. out to that <laughs> Agatha all along, which is why I think that's such a good like shout by um, Jake. It's just like you can apply that ending to many different. Yeah, I mean, contexts. I still hear people making jokes where it's like a better mm-hmm. show. Like, is it going to be so and so all along? Like, I, I think I mean, that's literally, Agatha all along like had become its own reference point in right. like, yeah, you know, like yeah, so. Right. Just the fact and to so, see like a uh, power broker yeah. as like Agatha all along. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would, that would actually have been very funny. Um, I do want to close out with this one also from uh, Montel. Montel, you, you got mileage on these questions, brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> now that we're seeing smaller side characters who didn't have their own movies in previous phases, get projects, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Wanda, Sam, etc. Who do you see as stepping into their sidekick roles as the MCU moves forward into this next phase? I mean, I, I mean, we could we could easily start with uh, Sam as a new Captain America and Taurus stepping in as Falcon. That seems like a very easy yep. Yep. Uh, scenario to to slot in. Um, as far as Hawkeye is concerned, I do think that Hawkeye is really more of a vehicle for Kate Bishop and a lot of the a, a lot more ground characters to. Uh, coming to the MCU, I think it's going to be more so of that. So um, that part of it is interesting. Um, as far as Wanda, I feel like Wanda. Wanda is really it's the twins. Uh, the you, twins I, I, and the honestly, Avengers. I'm mad you took it because I was going to say for Wanda, it's the twins, which is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the other and, thing too, though, is like, are we are we going to get a lot of like side? kicks as much anymore just because we have all these films that are filled with like a bunch of main characters interacting with each other because i mean i guess yeah i guess it depends on what you could what you consider like necessarily sidekicks because i feel like young avengers is just a group thing um yeah like if anything it's just like you're talking like like if you're referring to invincible it's just like there's the different groups mm -hmm. but no group is like necessarily a sidekick or character in the class of week i think like the torres is like the best example um of something that could happen but then at the same time like i don't see you getting like a uh captain america like played like with sam and torres like uh, film that way you did like uh, have Captain America and the Winter Soldier like we're just past that at this point yeah if you're gonna yeah. have a secondary character in that movie it's gonna be another it's gonna be Bucky Barnes it's gonna be another big character yeah um guys uh this has been really really fun um thank you everybody for engaging with us thank you for yes thank questions. you so much absolutely really do really do appreciate it um, I will say something before we go when I do my whole uh, Twitter spiel and plug stuff. So, Jake, where can we follow you? 
I'm glad you asked. You can follow me on Twitter at the J Chrissy. Listen to my other podcast, No Funk and Strictly Monkin, which I do with Andre Barrera. It's about the show Monk, USA Network original series. Tony Shalhoub, ever heard of it? <laughs> and of course, Jerome Chang. Where can we follow you, sir? Uh, you can follow me at Black Dragon Roll on Twitter and Instagram. Sounds great. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod. Next show that we are doing is later this week. We will be covering the first season of Invincible. Um, it is a show that has captured a lot of people's uh, hearts and minds and and just intrigue in general. So looking forward, uh, we've kind of assembled a little mini team to discuss that. So expect that later this week. Um, Stephanie Williams and myself will be back doing Marvel Did What uh, to kind of cover for the dead space um, that we will be having um, in between Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki. And yeah, so you know the deal. Rate, review, subscribe. Check out all those things for Jerome Chang, for Jay Christie. I'm Anthony Canton III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University. We'll talk to you next time.